Welcome, everybody. It's time once again to grab your board, catch a wave, and pick up that big pipeline, the sales pipeline with Matt Hines of Hines Marketing. Hey, Matt, how are you? Good, Paul. How are you? I'm doing good today. It uh, stopped raining. You know, when it rains for a day in Southern California, it's like a disaster. So it rained yesterday, and everybody's all upset. But today, the sun's out. Is it, what do you mean a disaster? I thought you guys were in some kind of dramatic uh, drought down there. We are. We are. We just want it to rain at night, though. Well, you know, when it rains in California, people literally stay home and say, oh, forget it. I'll, I won't even bother to go out today. Just remain, if you would mind raining like nights and weekends <laughs> yes. and we're not driving to work, that would be great. It reminds me, you know, up here in Seattle – uh, when it reaches 90 degrees, of course, you know, it, it, the entire West Coast, there's no humidity. And it's no. generally like it's very temperate, right? Right. Um, so when it gets to be 90 degrees with no humidity in Seattle, it's front page news. Like you will have <laughs> the newscasters. It's the first story and they'll have someone outside under an umbrella because you can't get direct sun. Yeah. Right? Right. And saying like, okay, carry water with you. Stay hydrated. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. got two weeks of food just in case you get stuck know. you know on, on on the sidewalk i mean it's really we take our weather serious on the west coast here yeah and i and i and i'm guessing that joe chernoff who lives in boston is just laughing at us <laughs> right he doesn't now. understand any of this right. no he's like what is wrong with you people i mean i, I think most of my extended families in illinois and iowa and they're the same way where they're like you know you get stuck in the snow it's the deal you know in the summer like you bake un- until you just like are perspiring because it's a thousand degrees humidity like what's wrong exactly with you uh, soft people out on the West Coast. We're, we're, Man. we're not Speaking used to weather changes. No, we're not. But I'll tell you what, I'll take it. Uh, I'll take what we got. It's pretty nice <laughs> living up here in Seattle. And uh, this is it's been nice. It's the second consecutive week I've been able to do the show from uh, the world headquarters here in Redmond, Washington. Wow, that streak will end after today, unfortunately. But uh, hey, thanks very much, everyone, for joining us here at Sales Pipeline Radio. Always a pleasure to have you. We are live every week at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific. You can always catch every episode as well through the podcast at uh, Google Play or the iTunes Store and every one of our past episodes and all of our past speakers and guests and guests uh, uh, of the show are on salespipelineradio.com We are hitting the end of September. I think today is the very first day of fall. Uh, I'm starting to feel the weather outside. Uh, Our office here is excited. Uh, Someone brought in a whole bunch of pumpkin spice uh, stuff which... um, I'm not sure how much pumpkin or spice is in any of those, actually. Probably just the uh, the flavors that we get from chemical factories out in New Jersey. But excited to have fall here. And then next week, we will be uh, doing the show live from Dreamforce, the Salesforce annual conference that I think they're up to about 800,000 people that descend. I'm kidding. It's, it's a lot of people, but descend in San Francisco for three or four days. And, and I have a feeling that we, well, actually, I don't know. It'll be interesting to find out if our guest today is going to be there. But excited. This is our second attempt to get uh, Joe Chernoff on the show the last time we did this. We had some super fun technical difficulties. He was super cool about uh, not having to make make that, and he was able to make it here today. So, I, Joe, I believe we called you the godfather of B2B content marketing in the promotional materials. I don't know if that makes you feel old, if it's, uh, if it's related to the uh, recently departed beard. I don't know what it is, but, Joe, welcome to the show, and uh, how do you feel about being called a godfather? Look, as long as I'm not the Fredo of content marketing, I'll take it. <laughs> but I think that I think that honor goes to Joe Polizzi. I'd hand it to him. You know, there there are a handful of people in and around the industry that I think you, when people think about content marketing, uh, they're the people you think about. Like Joe Polizzi is, is definitely one. Uh, I think Ann Hanley's another. 
but you know, don't Joe, don't sell yourself short. I mean, like I think you know the the work that you've done throughout your career to really advance not just what's done in content marketing, but the impact and and strategic role of content marketing in B two B has been significant. So you know, talk a little bit about where that got started for you. I mean, you you spent you were at HubSpot, you spent time at Eloqua, you really built out a, an extremely robust content marketing effort at, at Eloqua that became. Uh, it clearly became the model for a lot of companies, including HubSpot, including Marketo, including many in the MarTech space. Talk about how that began for you. Like, why why did that become a focus for you for Eloqua, and how did that begin to mature over there? Sure, the it's it's unbelievable what you can get done if you don't care if you get fired. And I joined Eloqua in a PR and social media role, and. It was clear very early on that generating press was um, it was going to be it was going to be a tough nut to crack. It was sort of the beginning of the of bloggers sort of ousting traditional media, and there was a decay in the number of kind of quote unquote credential journalists out there, and those that were out there were covering you know Apple, Google. This was this is pre Uber. Uh, but there was a handful of custo- uh, companies that they would cover, and everybody else had to fight for the scraps. And I was getting frustrated fighting for the scraps. And one day, Brian Carden and I were talking. Brian Carden was my boss. He was the, the CMO. And it occurred to us that the, what journalists would write about wasn't necessarily your new product or our new product or a new service or a new you know, certification we received but if we were to publish something that was genuinely valuable, inherently valuable, they would write about that, and we could kind of elbow our way into paragraph number two, right? Because mm-hmm. the reporter would have to say who published this thing. And so the key being publish a good thing and then get the company's positioning in paragraph two. And I'm going to fast forward a couple of years. A couple of years in, we finally released a product called Eloqua 10, which was years in the works, and we, um, we hired two PR firms, one domestically, one internationally, to help generate awareness for it, and I think we, I think we got like 16 articles on the, um, on the announcement, and uh, along the way, I had published uh, an infographic called The Content Grid, and there were 800 articles on The Content <laughs> Grid. Now, you know, we don't measure press by pound, and there's certainly varying degrees of um, importance to each story. But just to give you a sense of the magnitude difference between the two, you know, the entire company spent two years on one product and get 16 articles and an infographic got 800. So help define for me what is content marketing. I think everyone's got a different definition. I, I tend to like the the overarching definition from Anna Hanley that everything the light touches is content. That's it's it's broad, and I think there's a purpose behind it. But when you think about developing a content marketing program in a company, what does that mean? What does that encompass? I, I think content marketing is what happens when a marketing department shifts its thinking from knowing that the company signs their paychecks to imagining the customer signs their paychecks. Right? If your customer signed your check, uh, what would you produce? You'd produce something that was valuable for the customer. And I think that very subtly that's the distinction between, I think it's that, it's that shift in mindset that turned you know, collateral into an e-book 
turned you know a, a self-serving white paper into you know a, a piece of a, a longer form piece of content that um, that teaches somebody how to do something. I think it's that slight pivot in thinking about who um, who you serve. And if you shift from serving the executive to serving the buyer, um, good things happen. I love that shift and thinking about who your actual audience is. Talking to Joe Chernoff today on Sales Pipeline Radio. Joe is the head of marketing at Insight Squared. Uh, if you are trying to improve the reporting and improve the visibility into what's working in marketing, uh, if you're a B2B company, you definitely need to check out Insight Squared. But Joe has been around the block on the content marketing uh, front for a very long time. And you mentioned Joe Polizzi. Uh, you know, Joe, I know you were out at Content Marketing World a couple weeks ago. And the number of people that are at that conference is, is – exploded and I think it's very much in parallel with just the number of companies that are doing content marketing now is there a concern that 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 we are that we are flooding the world with content that there are so many people doing content marketing now that that it's no longer going to work and or you know are there certain tenants that you recommend that can help people continue to drive real value and results out of their content efforts well it's a mouthful Um, I remember (laughs) reading an essay about 15 years ago, written by the filmmaker Robert Altman. And he was telling a story about how he was with a friend and um, they were on a boat. It was late at night and the moon was shining on the ocean. And he looks and just as far as he can see, there's water. And he said, look at all that water to his friend. And his friend said to him, and that's only the surface. I think that there is more and more content marketing happening. Yes. And that makes it more and more difficult for signal to be heard. And that's only the surface. If you read some of the reports out there, more than 50% of companies' content goes unused. And there are companies that exist to unlock that untapped 50%. And that's what's below the surface. Overnight, we could have a dramatic surge in the amount of content that's out there if some of these companies are successful. I, I, I wish them well, but there's a there are repercussions for everyone because it's just going to get even more difficult to um, to have your signal heard. And so I think it puts more um, pressure on originality. It makes me a little crazy that I see companies publishing a definitive guide ebook when I know that you know. John Miller and Maria Pergolino were doing those in 2009. I think that we've rested on our laurels a little bit. So I, I, I think that originality coupled with really smart distribution and kind of data-backed decisions, that's, that's going to be the only way to break through. And I agree with you on that. And I think uh, you know, definitive guides, white papers, webinars, we tend to lean back in some of the same formats. I think a lot of people, when they think about content, they think about the written word. Um, talk about some of the ways that people do differentiate around that. I mean, is it, is it related to the approach they take with the content? Um, you know, we've, you know, just, you know, Heinz Marketing, you know, we've always been very written word based uh, over the last eight months or so. We've been doing this radio show and podcast. So, you know, what, what are the ways you're seeing good companies, including if you're willing to share some of the stuff you might be doing in Insight Square? squared to 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 differentiate and diversify what you're doing so that it does stand out as something unique so 
I'll, I'll talk a little bit about I'll talk a little bit about what we're doing. What we're trying to do is apply some of the ethos that um, makes for good content marketing, and and that is largely kind of shifting your thinking from um, serving your organization to serving your buyer. And we're trying to apply that to um, to direct mail, for example. So rather than Rather than send a coffee mug with a logo on it or a T-shirt with a logo on it, um, we're trying to do things that are a little bit more original. Like my, my sense is you send a T-shirt with a logo on it and the deal is square, right? Like the person gets a T-shirt in exchange for wearing your logo. There's, there's, um, there's nothing left to do there. What we're trying to do is like we have a campaign that if we – close lose you that is if you went through a demo you went through a sales process but for whatever reason you didn't buy the product uh, we know that the next time you come back into our funnel you're twice as likely to buy versus the first time you were through so what we try to do is accelerate them coming back one campaign we're running is if you're closed lost and we can start to re-engage you we we include you in a campaign where we send you a postcard that reads come running back and on the back of the postcard, there's a link to a, um, a landing page where you enter your, your shoe size. And we send you a pair of Nike ID sneakers in Insight Squared's color scheme. There's no Insight Squared logo on them. The deal is not square, right? Like, if we made them wear sneakers with our logo, we can't sort of guilt them into the follow-up sales call. But if they get them without the logo, um, you know, I've, I've joked that it's sort of like Jewish mother marketing. There's this, like, kind of guilt expectation that they've got to take the call from them, and um, and it works really, really well. <laughs> well, and like we were saying before, everything the light touches uh, is marketing, and I love the way that you're integrating in, uh, you know, content into other campaigns. I mean, there's no reason that content marketing needs to be, you know, its own separate division, and you've got direct mail, and you've got sales, and you've got other people doing stuff elsewhere. Uh, I want to talk a lot more. We've got a lot more with Joe Chernoff, who is the uh, head of marketing at Insight Squared and is, uh, I don't know, godfather, one of the, definitely one of the pioneers uh, in B2B content marketing. We'll talk more about what's happening in content today, how that's integrating across other channels, including the sales organization, and then what it's going to mean moving forward. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. We'll be right back. Sales Pipeline. <laughs> In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working. And how about a way to apply it specifically today to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and most of all, conversion? That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. And amazingly, you can download it for free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds, H-E-I-N-Z-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing cycle, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, strategies, tactics you can put to work right away, like today. The loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem, and it's something you can come back to over and over again as a reference guide. Why not download your free copy of the Modern Marketer's Field Guide? It's free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds. H-E-I-N-Z, marketing.com.
Whether you're producing a seminar series, user's conference, lunch and learn, or exhibiting at a trade show, Validar has a solution. From capturing leads at trade shows to managing on-site registration, tracking session attendance, gathering information, and providing sponsors lead retrieval, we have a full suite of solutions for you. Since 2005, Validar has been turning corporate events and trade shows into better business. Call 888-784-2929 or visit us at Validar.com. And now back to Matt and his guest. Well, you were, you really learn a lot, Paul, about people just by reading their uh, their LinkedIn bios. I'm 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 doing an event later today, and part of it is I'm moderating a panel and just just reading through profiles. You learn about that one of our panels. It was uh, won an Emmy uh, for some interactive content. Another panelist, um, you know, has literally been to 95 countries. I mean, that's a lot of countries. Uh, you know, it was just uh, just during the commercial break, just flipping through Joe your your bio here as well, and you know all kinds of things. We could just if we don't want to talk about content, let's talk about boxing. We could talk about criminal justice. Someone on your bio actually describes you as the uh, the Kevin Bacon of B two B content marketing, which is is fascinating. So uh, it's going to get back to Joe here in a second. Uh, if you want to hear more from any of our guests, including a replay of our con- of our event with Joe Chernoff here today, you can check us out at salespipelineradio.com. Again, we're live every. Thursday at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific. Coming up in the next couple of weeks, we've got Deb Calvert. Super excited to have Deb. Uh, appropriately enough, we'll have Deb uh, live from San Francisco during Dreamforce Week. Uh, she is an expert at uh, leadership development and team effectiveness. And so we're going to be talking to her about how to build and manage better sales and marketing teams. And, and the week after that, uh, once we get back from Dreamforce, we've got Jamie Shanks, uh, who is one of the uh, one of the founders and leaders of the sales, social sales movement and has just published a new book, uh, Social Selling Mastery, which is uh, really well done. And it does and it's probably the best job I've seen of integrating social selling in with the broader sales strategy and, and sales process uh, that your sales organization may be using. Uh, but, you know, back to Joe, you know, let's talk about sales a little bit. I think, you know, the... You know the opportunity to leverage the content created, the right content created by organizations beyond just at the top of the funnel, beyond just in marketing channels, is significant. What are some of the your best practices for leveraging good content through the sales organizations and through the active sales process? Uh, you know, my my number one rule hasn't changed since two thousand and nine. And that is your best content ideas come from your front lines, and that's your salespeople. Whether it's top of funnel content or bottom of funnel content, conversations with sales, particularly like BDRs and AEs, it doesn't have to be sales leadership. It probably shouldn't be sales leadership. That's where you're going to be sourcing your best ideas. And so we've taken that to um, another level here at Insight Squared, and here's what we're doing. Our blog, we, we treat our blog like a, um, like, a, um, like a magazine. And so twice a month we publish a quote-unquote issue of our blog, and that means uh, we have three, four, five articles all on a similar concept, and so there's a thematic consistency to each issue. And while search led to us going down that path, it turns out sales enablement is where we're headed all along. And so what we do to determine our issues now is we talk to sales, and each month our BDRs have a different theme that they pursue. And so we know what theme is coming up in the next month, and as we write the next month's issue of our blog, all of our articles 
are consistent with whatever that sales theme is going to be. So the BDRs always have very fresh and relevant and timely content. So if they're talking about Dreamforce and that's the current issue, now they have three, four, five Dreamforce-related pieces to use in their outreach. And so, um, so why separate them? Uh, our blog is both one-to-many and one-to-one. Maybe the first time I've heard of a sales organization that basically has an editorial calendar. Uh, and and, and there, this isn't necessarily, you know, that your content strategy and your messaging strategy doesn't need to be marketing to sales. And if sales has a, a sense for what their themes are, there's a reason why marketing can't tie, you know, tie into that as well. It seems like the central requirement for all of that and to make sure you're on the same page is really personas. Can you talk a little bit about how important personas are as a, as a driving force behind good content marketing? Yeah, I think, I think personas are critical. We have four of them. And, and it, it, what, they, what, they, what they're effective at doing is, you know, like the blank page is very intimidating. And what they tend to do is help reduce the size of your universe. And as a writer, as a content creator, having that um, smaller universe to work in is actually a luxury. Because you don't have to think of everyone, you only have to think of one, um, or in this case, one times four, right? Because we have four persona. Now, I also see, however, persona uh, can people can get carried away with persona. I worked at a company where we were very militant about persona, right down to the persona had names and they had specific universities that they went to and they had a requisite number of identified number of children and uh, and there would be arguments where one person would say, I'll just make up a name that's not one of the real persona names, but let's just say it's Susie Seller. And they would say, Susie Seller wouldn't say that. And somebody else would say, do you know where Susie Seller went to college? And at a certain point, I'd have to, like, pop the balloon and say, wait, Susie Seller is a construct. All it's trying to do is help us focus on a particular role in an organization. But beyond that, I think we're getting a little bit carried away. So I found that at a certain point, it became less constructive. That said, um, the concept of having persona is um, it's liberating if you're trying to sit down and produce content. Talking today with Joe Chernoff, who uh, runs marketing at Insight Squared, but has been a leader in uh, B2B marketing for a long time, a startup advisor. Um, if you've never seen Joe speak, uh, you've got to find a conference where he's at. He, he's too modest to say this himself, but he's one of the most well-spoken, well-prepared speakers on the B2B marketing circuit uh, that I've seen. And uh, before, before Joe, before we, we start talking more about um, your favorite Kiss songs, I'm just curious – you know, as we go into next year, you know, what are recommendations you'd have for companies that, you know, the stats I've seen, 84% of companies are increased their spending on on content. I think something like half of that 84% tend to spend a lot more, substantially more of their budget on content marketing. And yet two-thirds of those companies have a hard time comparing their content metrics to their business metrics. Uh, I realize that's a very hard thing to do, but what are the best ways you've seen for companies to justify and to measure the impact content is having uh, on, on metrics that the business cares about overall? Yeah, that's a, that's a very um, timely question, given that we're moving into 2017 planning right now and having those conversations right now. I, I, I believe that the very best way to go about 
shining a light on the value of, of your content marketing is to look at lead quality. Uh, are leads sourced through content channels? That is, whether it's an ebook download, whether it's a blog subscriber, however you want to identify a, you know, a transactional content success, uh, look at that cohort of leads and compare them to other lead sources. And um, I can um, confidently say they're going to be of a higher value. Uh, and now, and by higher value, I mean they're more likely to sort of matriculate their way down through the funnel. Um, and so you can look at it as did they close? That's the that's sort of the most black and white. But you could also say did they move down to subsequent sales stages? They move deeper into the funnel than other than other um, sources. If they're moving deeper into the funnel, it means you're getting quality at best, and the hits are going to come. Uh, so I think if I had to pick one, it would be um, lead quality. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, and no, I think it's and you know t- tracking and accountability is becoming more and more complicated. Let's not pretend that a particular blog post or white paper is actually generating the six or seven figure sale. Uh, but there's clearly evidence that you know that you know a content program, if given the time to to build and mature, is, is creating velocity and efficiency in so many different levels of the pipeline. Uh, it's pretty incredible. Okay, so I promised I, I, I set you up earlier. I got to let you guys follow up on it. Uh, favorite kiss song and why? I, I missed that. I'm sorry. It's a little broken up. Can you try again? Oh, sorry. Favorite Kiss song? Favorite Kiss song? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just took my son to, um, we just went to um, see Kiss a few weeks ago. And I think my favorite Kiss song is Deuce. Oh. And um, I actually read an article about, like, the making of Deuce. And apparently Gene Simmons just wrote it on a bus one day. And all these people speculate as to what it's about. And he said it's about absolutely nothing. Um, I just wrote it on a bus ride. And I think it's their best song. That's awesome. Yeah, so uh, it, it, what's funny is I asked that question, and, uh, and Paul Paul perked up on the other side here. I think for Paul, it's definitely Detroit Rock City, uh, which is also, I think, a solid choice. All right, well, we'll let you off the hook, Joe. Thank you so much. Very, very much appreciate our guest today, Joe Chernoff, who's the VP of Marketing and Insight Squared, the godfather, the Kevin Bacon, uh, one of the real innovators uh, of B2B content marketing. So excited to have him here. If you want to hear more from Joe, if you'd like to hear a replay of this, uh, this uh, presentation and share this with other people on your team, you definitely find that at salespipelineradio.com. Uh, definitely subscribe to our podcast as well at Google Play and the iTunes Store to get immediate access to every new episode. Of course, we're always here live every Thursday at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific. And uh, we will see you next week. Got a great set of guests coming up. We'll be heading down to uh, Dreamforce here in a couple weeks, doing a show live from the show floor. And I look forward to seeing you there. If you're going to be there, definitely look us up. Uh, We'll be out and about. In the meantime, this is Matt Hines. Thanks very much for joining us. This has been Sales Pipeline Radio. Yes, sir. You've been listening to the Sales Pipeline Radio Show with Matt Hines from Hines Marketing. Right here in the funnel radio channel.